Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You're now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DJ Mante, a.k.a. DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at a broad spot, and I'm like, we go. We in bitten airwaves. Cool. Yes, y'all, yes, y'all, my cool cats and cool kittens. Welcome back to another Friday night edition of Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we are live on the airways right now. You can stream us live at MaximumFM.ca. Make sure you do that right now, right now, right now. And we have a lot to get to on tonight's program. Uh, we have a special guest in the building. She goes by the name of C. Jolie. Uh, she is a marketing expert and an event planner and also a blogger. And we'll get into more about her business details, what have you. But we also got to discuss certain details such as Drake hosting the first ever uh, NBA awards. We got to get into a whole lot of news about Kendrick Lamar and things of that nature. But before we get to all of that, you guys already know how I do at the start of the show, man. I got some uh, stuff to get off my chest. So on that note, I think it's time that we let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe! Indeed, indeed. So... By now, you guys already know I'm a huge basketball fan. Like, ball is life. You know, ball till you fall at the end of the day. I love playing it. I love writing about it. I love talking about it. All that good stuff. So it's only right that I must discuss uh, Toronto's Game 6 victory against the Milwaukee Bucks last night. Now, this is very significant because this is the first time in franchise history that the Raptors have closed out a series in six games. I know last year we had a, a few demons to kind of deal with in that regard because we weren't able to close out Indiana or, or Miami, and then even back to 2014 when we, when we weren't even able to close out Brooklyn. So, Mind you, I wasn't able to watch the game. You know, I have to take care of business and what have you. But from the first three quarters, Raptors looked very dominant, especially in that third quarter when it looked like they were running away with the game. But then, you know, some would say in typical Raptors fashion, they had to, you know, make a suspenseful drama out of it. And they let the Bucs get into the game. They even let the Bucs gain a two-point lead with a few minutes left in the fourth quarter. But then DeMar DeRozan stepped up and had the dunk of the age. It's probably the best dunk he ever had in his career when he crowned it over three defenders late in the game. Corey Joseph had a three-pointer late in the game as well to kind of give the Raptors a three-point cushion. But nonetheless, the Raptors came up with the win. That's uh, the main story, the main point of it all. Sorry, main point of it all. Now, here's the thing that I've noticed, or that I did notice last night in particular. A lot of people were losing their minds saying, oh, this is why I hate the Raptors. They're so inconsistent. Um, they had to make us cringe, make us wait on the edge of our seats just so they can get the W. They had a 25-point lead, all this, all this, all this. And, and you know what? I get it. As a Raptors fan for 20 years strong, I get it. The Raptors have their moments when they are inconsistent. They have their moments when they can seize the moment, but then they kind of let it, let it flutter away, so to speak. And I understand. But me being from Toronto and me knowing that basketball is somewhat of a niche market in the city, I can't help but notice the privilege that the Toronto Maple Leafs get, no matter what incarnation of a team that it is. Because from what I noticed this year, People were just happy at the fact that the Leafs made the playoffs. Like, they were only a few games away from not making it to the playoffs, and people were just happy at the fact that they're in the big dance, even though they weren't even supposed to be there. Meanwhile, when it's the Raptors, it's like, oh, well, they're going to get knocked down the first round anyway, or uh, they haven't improved from this year, so why should I cheer for them? And my thing is this. If you want a team to grow and prosper, you have to be with them during the long haul. You have to be with them uh, through the good times and the rough times. You don't see people in Cleveland saying, oh, why are Cleveland losing so many games? They have the comfort in knowing that they have the best basketball player in the world on the team and that that player has gone to the NBA Finals six years in a row, seven times overall. So they have that belief system that he is going to get it done for his teammates. I feel like we need to have that belief that the Raptors are going to get it done for the sake of the city and what have you as well. But at the same time, you can't just, you know, rain on somebody's parade on one end and then kind of boost someone else's parade on the other end. Because at the end of the day, the Leafs 
They still lost, and that's no disrespect to them. Like, they did their thing. But you're talking about a franchise that has had the privilege of being ingratiated into the city for God knows how many years, and over 100 years. They have a legacy, basically. But sometimes that legacy is a little bit overstated because we're talking about a franchise that hasn't won a Stanley Cup at all since 1967. So we're talking about 50 years, like, yeah, literally 50 years without a trophy. And we keep talking about the legacy and the heritage of the Maple Leafs and what they mean to the fabric of the city. And listen, I get it. I get it. As a Torontonian, as a Canadian, hockey reigns supreme. It's hockey and then everything else. I get it. But we can't keep rewarding. If, if you're going to, okay, put it this way. If you're going to bash the Raptors for losing or for their inconsistencies, then we need to do the same for the Leafs as well. I'm just asking for some parody. I'm asking to call a spade a spade. Let's be fair. You can't celebrate the Leafs for just making it and just being happy that they're there, even though we know they're not going to go any further, but then critique and, and, and pluck and point at whatever inconsistencies the Raptors have. I mean, sure, you can be intolerant to that, but at the same time, if the Raptors are doing well, you have to acknowledge that as well. You can't be hypocritical about it. And that's just my take right there. Like, as a longtime Raptors fan and then someone who has supported the basketball movement in this nation ever since it got some legs. So I feel like it's only fair that we should celebrate when the Raptors do well. But then, again, at the same time, it's fair to, to critique when they do bad. Because last week, I went off on a tangent talking about we should fire Casey and get a new coach and everything. I went on a tangent. It's on record. You guys can listen to it on the podcast. I understand that. But let's not let's not celebrate the Maple Leafs for doing something that they're supposed to do. You're supposed to win. You're supposed to compete. You're supposed to enter the playoffs year in, year out. You are the premier franchise of the, of the NHL, basically, uh, b- based on all your history and your lineage and your heritage. I mean, you're one of the original six teams of the NHL. So you're supposed to live up to whatever high standard has been built upon you based upon your legacy. So we can't just celebrate you for doing something that you're supposed to do. Imagine celebrating some like a 30-year-old person for reading. They're supposed to read. Imagine somebody, Imagine celebrating somebody for taking care of their kids on a regular basis. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, imagine celebra- celebrating somebody for not going to jail. You're supposed to not be in jail. So you see what I'm saying, people? Like, it can't just be these things where you rain on someone else's parade for, for not doing what you want them to do, but then celebrating somebody else for doing the exact same thing. Like, that's not how it's supposed to go down. So I don't have a problem with the Maple Leafs as a franchise. I just have a problem with the privilege that they that they get on a on a regular basis, ba- basically because of the fact that they're resting upon their heritage and their legacy. That's my only beef. Not only that, not only that, but I hate the fact that the sports media market in Canada just goes out of their way to celebrate hockey in any form or fashion. They'll broadcast an OHL game featuring two teams from two towns or whatever like regions that you've never heard of before over a basketball game that's pretty critical and they'll put that on a specialty channel because they're projecting towards a niche market let's just keep it real the raptors have a large fan base they have a large following so why not cater to that following and give them the publicity that they so deserve especially when we're talking about over the last four years when they've been in the postseason four consecutive years in a row again something they haven't done in their 20-year history let's not celebrate a franchise that still keeps on losing but then they rest on their laurels that they're one of the original six teams in the league and that they had so much prestige and legacy and heritage behind them because if that's the case then they're pretty much the hockey version of the new york knicks or better yet they're the hockey version of the la lakers and do not get me started on the lakers because they're i'm not even gonna get started on that that's a whole another broadcast for another day but anyways what do you guys think hit me up on twitter at dm underscore cool or cool underscore radio to share your thoughts after the commercial break we have my special guest of the evening she goes by the name of c jolie she is a marketer she is an event planner and she is a blogger and we're going to get into all the details about her business ventures but before we get to that you guys already still know that i'm on this album called damn from kendrick lamar <laughs> pardon me kendrick lamar so we're about to get into that right now this record is called dna and this Record gets my DNA pumping, if you know what I mean. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. 
Once again, it is your man, DJ Mante, a.k.a. DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. And as promised, we do have our guest for the evening. Now, as I said before the commercial break, she is a marketer, she is an event planner, and she has her own blog, and she is well within the grasp of what's happening in the music scene in Toronto, as well as the sports scene as well, and she has combined that all into her little joint venture that she has, which is entitled C. Jolie, which is her blog, and also everything that encompasses that. And she is here to give us an inside breakdown of what she does, and so much more. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the lovely and talented C. Jolie in the building. Thank you. Thank you, DM Cool, for having me. Of course, of course. Thank you for coming by. I know you're a busy no woman. So I'm I glad try. you, yeah, I'm glad you, you know, cleared out your schedule for little old me, you of know. Of course, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's get things started. So how did you get, you know, uh, how did you get attracted by music, basically? Like, what was your calling? I've always been a music person from when I was a kid. I used to play the piano. I was in dance. Um, I played the guitar for a bit too. So I was always into it, but I never, it never really grasped that it was something that I wanted to be in. But um, I grew up, rap was something that I liked. Initially R&B, hip hop. So um, I was always a big music fan, even down to the pop, to like Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls. So that's how I developed my love for music. But Mm. as I got older, um, I just started coming across artists that were upcoming right. and I'd come across so much talent and I'm like, why don't they really have a platform exactly. to be, you know, showcased and um, in terms of blogs? Mm-hmm. I used to see a lot of blogs. I just post like people that were already known. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like maybe I should start something where I can post these people that are still upcoming. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And what I find like, especially, and I'm sure it's the case in, like any major city, but in Toronto right. particular, there's a lot of artists, but not a lot of platforms for them to get their material out. So mm-hmm. that's really, it's really essential that we have a lot more creators in the city to build those platforms. Exactly. That way, we can help them get their music out and they can help us get our platforms out as well. Right. And, so, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of in that same boat as well with, with similar upbringing. So it's, it's interesting that you bring that up. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's um, I do think Toronto, it's still it's getting there now. Like Mm -hmm. I do see a lot of people putting on for the city as well that really do showcases and stuff like that for upcoming artists. But Mm -hmm. I still think that real support is lacking between like just the pop like just the the population here in general, the the market here in general is just lacking with that support. Right. Like I would say there's somewhat of a disconnect between the consumer and then the artist itself. Yeah, exactly. Like like, it's it's been there for the longest time, for Mm -hmm. as long as I can remember as well. And I think just the main thing at the end of the day is just trying to figure out a way to bridge that gap so that at the end of the day we can embrace one another essentially. No, I agree. Definitely. So how did sports become your thing as well? Oh, sports? Uh I've always loved sports too. Um, I play basketball for competitively like mainly during high school but right. i did start playing when i was a kid um you know i'd be the one i'd be the one girl playing with the the guys after school hey, in elementary school and stuff like go. that i like so that. naturally like it's just something that i always liked and you know my house was a sports house between mm-hmm. football and basketball and mm-hmm. that's just how i naturally became a, like a fan of the game absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely so did you have a favorite basketball team growing up growing up yeah. i actually didn't have a favorite basketball okay. team i was okay. more player base like as right. a kid i remember always like um you know like the gary payton mm-hmm. paul pierce kobe right. of course but those guys were like guys that i liked a lot so yeah yeah mm-hmm. for sure for sure like at the end of the day for me it was like mj then it was penny right um i like uh, larry johnson just because he was a human highlight reel at the time <laughs> and then vince carter just became the goat yes, for me because like, he put on for the city of course right gotta give big ups to him for sure <laughs> so let's keep it moving um so what's the main focus behind creative engage which is your your brand and your imprint yes creative engage so it really it's, I knew it was something I always wanted to do. I always wanted to um, be own an agency, own a business. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think it would be as soon as I decided to just open it. Right. I just realized that to really get the opportunities that you want, you have to create your own. So Absolutely. Creative Engage um, kind of ties into when I have have like with my blog because <laughs> blogging was kind of something just to get me in it. Yeah. And then I just knew I'd want to do more for artists. I don't want to just Get, give them blog posts. I want to develop their brand, you know, yeah. get their marketing right and um, and such stuff like that. So with Creative Engage, it was, okay, I want to market artists, but because I love sports as well, yeah. I want to market in that industry as well. So it's right. really, I feel like sports and music go hand in hand. So I'm like, yes. why not combine the two? And I feel like events is what really kind of ties in the two yeah. between sports and music. So mm-hmm. the basis of Creative Engage is really creating experiences for the consumer mm-hmm. that are memorable and also um, getting the right people 
with the right strategy towards mm-hmm. um, a brand. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And see, I'm, I'm in the same train of thought as well when it comes to like the bridging of sports and music because yeah. their cultures are so intertwined. Um, my exactly. question to you is, like, what, like, in your opinion, mm-hmm. why is it that those two cultures are so intertwined with one another? One thing I noticed is that athletes, um, especially in the like urban world, yeah. they want to be rappers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then rappers... They wanted to be athletes at right. a point. So <laughs> yeah. there's just so many things from the music that they play in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always music at a sporting event. Mm-hmm. Athletes are always listening to music, you right. know, hence the Dre Beats by Dre and yeah, athlete yeah. endorsements. Um, there's just always so much that goes on between the two that I just feel like naturally they just intertwine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then like my, I think for me personally, why, the reason why I think there's such a synergy between the two is the fact that when it comes to like hip hop and basketball in particular, yeah. I feel like a lot of the artists um, and a lot of the athletes have the same upbringing basically yeah, exactly. when it comes to like community and culture. Exactly. And because of that, they have like a commonality with mm-hmm. one another. So if you look at the city of New York, for example, New York is like, is been known as the Mecca of basketball right, exactly. by, by many people. Mm-hmm. And then New York at the same time is the birthplace of hip hop. So yep. the, the cultures intertwine, people know each other and what have you. So, so like so many of like the best basketball players who have ever lived have come from New York, like, exactly. like uh, Michael Jordan being born in Brooklyn, like Carmelo Anthony having spent time in New York as mm-hmm. well. And then some of the greatest mm-hmm. rappers of all time, you know, Jay-Z from Brooklyn, Nas yeah, from Nas. Queens, mm-hmm. et cetera. I love how you mentioned Nas just now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting along just fine. I like this we so are, far. We are. <laughs> all right. Right. So, yeah. But, yeah, no, that's just where I'm coming from as far as, like, the synergy between the two. And, like, I definitely think it's essential because it helps propel both, you know, cultures that much further into the mainstream. I agree 100%. Yeah, definitely. So, do you would you say you have a favorite artist right now? Like, in, just in general, basically? Like, someone that you're currently listening to? I'm all over the place. I listen to everyone. Right, right. <laughs> um, I don't have a favorite right now. Okay. I'm just kind of really... Paying attention to a lot of guys that are still coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an artist um, by the name of Wallway Pack, mm-hmm. and he's actually related to John Wall. Oh, so okay. that's a great another like basketball music. Right, um, right, of course. Like, so he's someone I've been listening to a lot lately. Um, he's from Raleigh mm-hmm. as well, North Carolina. Um, a lot of artists from Toronto as well. Yeah. Um, the singers. I I just recently made a playlist of, of singers in Toronto. Okay. And some in the states as well. So there's mm-hmm. really no uh, no one in particular I'm listening to. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Speaking of your playlist, actually, you did kick off. Um, a showcase for your creative engage uh, imprint basically right. mm-hmm. and you basically featured uh, a lot of uh, upcoming acts in toronto yeah. basically so what was your what was your vision behind that the vision behind that is just um many things just being tired of waiting for somebody else to be like all right i'll do the show with you so yeah i was like let me just kick off an event by myself um right. the artists i wanted to get i wanted them to kind of all have the same kind of style just so that the crowds like you know that from whoever came can actually become a fan of another artist or be like oh i like this artist and just so that everything makes sense for um the artist as well um it was um i had artists in mind already but Mm. some did reach out to me as well like oh can i perform i'm like why not exactly (laughs) sure come on (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) that didn't actually go as planned um i really did want to handpick every single artist but that you know, I was like, why not? Let me just, this is my first show. I don't mind getting him on the show. So. Exactly. Yeah, let's go nuts mm-hmm. with it, right? Why not? <laughs> exactly. And then, like, so how was, your, how was that experience for you then? Like, just kicking off your first ever showcase. Yeah. Like, was that, like, a rewarding experience for you? Did it give you the confidence to do more in the future? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely rewarding. It was a great learning experience, mm-hmm. to, especially doing it on my own, start to finish. I really had no help at yeah. all. Um, Audrey, my friend Audrey, did help me at Shout the show. Audrey. Shout out to Audrey. <laughs> she helped me at the showcase, but in terms of planning, reaching out to the venue, and yeah. um, you know, getting the giveaways and stuff, that was all me. Um, definitely know what to do for the future. Right, right. And um, gonna regulate a lot more. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. future, people, sure. you know, think they can get free entry, yeah. this and that. When they've done nothing for me. You're but... breaking ball blast already. I love it. Oh, I gotta get that cool job real quick. <laughs> I love it. So it's just um definitely know what to do for the next next go around. And um the turnout was good though. I was really pleased with the turnout. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like this is something that you're gonna be doing a lot more consistently in the future? Like maybe like on a monthly basis or like a quarterly basis, maybe? Right. Um because the event was called first quarter takeoff, mm-hmm. I do wanna go with that theme of of a quarterly event but um i do want to come bigger and better so have one headlining act that's 
you know, well known enough and then mm-hmm. have supporting acts. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I kind of noticed a little basketball reference in there about first quarter. Oh, yeah. Off, so, I did. The know. flyer had Terrence Ross on I it. I did uh, a little. G <laughs> Ross. Yep. I, naturally, I like that just came naturally too. like the mm-hmm. basketball reference. It yeah. didn't even really click right away. I was like, right. I could just make this into a basketball thing too. Right, right. And mm-hmm. you probably, you, it was probably like a picture of him like doing like a windmill, I'm guessing. Right. right. It is. It, <laughs> it is. is? Oh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yep. In typical T. Ross fashion. Typical. <laughs> now, let's talk about your blog, actually. Mm-hmm. So how did the Seizure Lee blog take place? Yeah, so that actually, at CJLee.com, was meant to be something that showcased people coming up in general, not just music artists. Right. It was, it, whether someone was a fashion designer, a graphic designer, a DJ, I wanted to give them a platform because, um, as I mentioned earlier, I noticed a lot of blogs and sites didn't really showcase people coming up. Yeah. So that's what my blog started out as. And then, of course, the most music, the most submissions I got were yeah. music submissions. Right, right. So it turned into a music blog. So right. that's how itsjulie.com pretty much started. Um, I would get submissions and also just find artists just randomly. And, you know, SoundCloud, yeah. they... It's they, the, the, what is it? The suggestions, or they um, when they like, oh, like keep the, playing like the hashtags like, and what have you, or or like, you know, like they, if you're playing a record and then like then the next then it, record the that next sounds re- like yeah, it comes, exactly oh, okay, comes right, on. Right. So I come, you know, discover artists like that. It's just naturally I can't help but like people that others might not know of. Mm-hmm. It's just something that I. I can't help. Absolutely, <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah. It's a gift that keeps on giving it, at the end exactly, of the day. Exactly, exactly. All right, so CJ Lee, we have so much more to get to. But before we do all that, <laughs> we like to play some games around oh, here on Cool oh. Radio, you know. So it's a little something that I forgot to mention, <laughs> not really. But nonetheless, it's a great way to you know get the crowd at home warmed up and kind of figure out what kind of personality that we're working oh, with and what okay. have you. So we have two games. Okay. So the first game I got is entitled Cool or Uncool, and it goes a little something like this. Here we go. So, the track <laughs> playing in the background is from an iconic hip hop group called Diggable Planets, and this is the one of their hit singles entitled "Cool" or "Cool Like That," rather. Cool like that. So, of course, you know, I got to use it for this game, oh, basically. Yeah. So, here's how it goes. I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios here and there, mm-hmm. and you're going to let me know if they're cool or uncool, uncool. and you're gonna, you know, give me some details of why they're cool. <laughs> okay. uncool, all, right? all right. So. With that being said, here we go. So, first off, the album Damn from Kendrick Lamar, cool or uncool? I'll say it's cool, Okay. but okay. I have not listened to it in full, full uh, yet. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough, fair enough. I'll say it's cool because I'm seeing what people are saying about it, and right. um, from what I've heard so far, it seems like Kendrick Lamar gave us a different type of energy he did he did he so definitely did that's that's why why i think it's cool and i need to get to it asap <laughs> absolutely um do you have a particular record that you fancy right now so from what you've heard from what no okay no, no worries no worries <laughs> in due time you will in due like, time. by the time you get to the end of the album you're literally going to be like damn really i, I guarantee that like if you're a fan of storytelling yeah then yeah, what you know like yeah just damn <laughs> Just damn. Right. That's now I know what to expect. Trust me, it, it's real. <laughs> it's real. Um, more life from Drake. Cool or uncool? More life from Drake. Yes. I'd say it's uncool. Ooh, okay, do tell. Because he has 22 songs on it. <laughs> in 2017, no one has that attention span. Right. Um, from what I listened to, um, I did listen to it in full. Yeah. There, there is a, there are songs that I like, but I think he could have cut it short. Right, right, right. I think because he labeled it as a playlist, quote unquote. Yeah. I think that's why he was, I guess, kind of able to get away with putting like 22 <laughs> tracks on there. But he is pretty like habituary when it comes to putting like an over amount of like songs yeah. on like one project so yeah. I think that's my main criticism with him and just the fact that when it comes to him rapping like I feel like he kind of dials it down like 20 notches because yeah. you know he can do better but exactly. that's just the MC fan in me yeah. talking because we've been spoiled with so far gone and come back season exactly, and all exactly. that other stuff right I mean he makes a lot of good club joints. He does, there, he does. So like, <laughs> he knows how to stick with trends, but like exactly. I kind of miss the Drake that right. created the trends, exactly. you know what I mean? Exactly. So I feel like he's kind of complacent mm-hmm. right now. But anyways, let's keep it moving. Um, let's see. Ooh, let's go with the basketball now. Um, the Golden State Warriors, cool or uncool? Uncool. Okay, I'm not surprised, but what's, what's, your, what's your take listen, on that? I, the Golden State... <laughs> this girl said, listen, <laughs> listen here. <laughs> the Golden State Warriors are great. I'm not taking that away from them. Okay. But... 
just the addition the addition of Kevin Durant is yeah. like a cheat code. He's already <laughs> a superstar. Right. It's not like he's just an average player going on to an already great team. Right, so right, right. he's like their fourth scoring option. Basically. So it's just like and everyone else like the team just works so well together. So right. guys off the bench are always scoring and right. making an impact. So Katie on it is just a cheat code. If they lose the finals, they're gonna hear it, especially from the media. Oh yeah. They torn apart. Of course. And you know what? <laughs> like when it happened, like I was saying to myself, they didn't really need him because they won 73 games the year before. I know. And they went to the NBA Finals. And if it weren't for a few miscues, it would have been their second straight title. I know. Like, I, I don't hate them for it. It's because at the end of the day, if Katie says he wants to be on your team, exactly. you do everything in your power to make that happen. You know what I mean? Like, if you say, exactly. Yo, I want to go to Toronto, we clear up as much cash space as possible to make that happen. Oh, yeah. so. I thought he was going to sneak his way over to Toronto, but. Yeah, that nah, oh, was well. going to happen. <laughs> it was going to happen. It was a pipe dream. <laughs> it was. <laughs> well, let's see here. Um, rumors of Paul George going to the Lakers. Cool uncool uncool thank you <laughs> thank you oh that was such a uncool uncool just because first of all he did say that he wants to be on a contender right right and i don't think paul george is just gonna go over to the lakers and they become a contending team and they end up in the finals thank you that's just like let's be realistic he needs to go to a team that's in the playoffs not a team that's rebuilding Thank you. I've been trying to tell these <laughs> Laker D-Riders for the longest time that it's not going to happen, and it makes no sense to happen. He, like, he's 26 going on 27. He's going to be in his prime. Why do you want to yeah. be on, in your prime on a rebuilding team? It's Just ridiculous. because it's Lakerland I know. and Magic I know. Johnson and his hometown, Kobe Bryant and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm-hmm. purple and gold. Woo. Yeah. It's such a cult. I swear it to is. God it is. it is. But, hey. That's none of my business. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> let's go on to the second. I had so many other questions for this, but whatever. We'll leave that for another time. Um, let's go on to the second game. This yeah. one, this is my favorite game right here. Ooh. So I like to call this. <laughs> I'm such a jerk. I like, to, I like to call this game, I'd quit the game. So it goes a little something like this. Where is it? I have like a whole bunch of drops here. Did I not include it in here? All right, no worries. The drop isn't in here right now. But nonetheless, I will give you the synopsis of how this game works. So basically, you are the eligible bachelorette. Oh. All right. So you are wheeling, dealing, (laughs) kiss stealing, jet flying, limousine riding, all that good stuff. Right. So (laughs) don't be worried now. (laughs) Interesting. So... um, it comes to a point in everyone's life where they got to quit the game, man or woman. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you got to settle down and have the kids, move into the nice white home with a white picket fence, yeah. with a tire swing on the outside, mm-hmm. apple pie cooling on the windowsill, yeah. Spud McKenzie looking dog, all that good <laughs> stuff. If you had to quit the game for one of these two gentlemen, oh. who would you quit the game for? <laughs> would you quit the game for Chadwick Boseman or would you quit the game for Idris Elba? Chadwick Boseman is... He was in... Um, did you ever see the movie? It was uh, 42, the story of Jackie Robinson. Did you see that one? Oh, yeah, I know. What you, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, and yes, he was yes, in yes. Captain America Civil War's mm-hmm, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. But yes, that's Chadwick Boseman. And I'm assuming you know Idris Elba. Of course. Okay. <laughs> Every black woman does, so, my God. <laughs> he's like the new Denzel, I swear to God he is. He is. I am mad at him, though, because he's African, so you know, I got to stick with my brothers. <laughs> I'm African, too. Hey! So that's okay. my choice right there. All right. I quit the game for... Idris Elba. Okay, okay. I fell in love with him in The Wire. Right, so right. Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell. Mm-hmm. And that's who I quit the game for. Nice, nice. <laughs> there is no wrong answer in that one because both <laughs> gentlemen are top notch in my opinion. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we still have Z Jolie in the building. Uh, so we're going to get some some tunes right now. And when we get back, it's Trip Talks. So that's three topics of three minutes. But before we get to all that, man, we got to get to my man JD Era, another fellow African. And this hey. record is entitled Dope. So keep it locked. <laughs> this is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. It is your man, DJ Mante, a.k.a. DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. I still have the lovely and talented C. Jolie in the building. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. <laughs> there we go. So we're about to get into our next segment, which is entitled Trip Talk. So that's three topics in three minutes, and we're going to get to some of the hottest topics that happened within hip-hop this week. So with that being said, uh, here we go. 
So the first mm. topic on the deck, and this one is very interesting. It's not really more of like a hip hop thing. It's more of like something that has to do within the black community in general, which I really wanted to discuss because I found it very fascinating. So this one has to do with a lot of the backlash that the company known as Shea Moisture received yeah. because of its <laughs> ad uh, promoting like inclusivity, basically. So for those who don't know, I'm going to give you the backstory. Therefore, there's some context behind it, and then we can kind of dive into it. So basically, they put out a series of ads, like a number of them, maybe like five or six of them, basically. But there's one ad in particular that had a lot of people kind of giving them the side eye, basically. So essentially what happened was there was an ad that was promoting uh, stories about how, you know, hair care and hair growth and what have you impacted their lives. So you have one woman who was uh, biracial, so she was most likely half black, half white, basically discussing how growing up it was hard uh, to accept yourself because of her hair, how people would tease her for having like kinky hair and how they would tug at it and pull at it and what have you. But then you had another woman who was Caucasian talk about how she didn't know whether she wanted to dye her hair blonde or red and she didn't feel right in her natural hair color or something like that. So when people oh, caught wind of that, yeah, I, I know, right? <laughs> so when people caught wind of that, like Twitter erupted, black Twitter, and I hate that term. I don't know why I do, but it's not my thing. But I it's know, just like, yeah. So it's like Twitter erupted basically and people were calling for a boycott of the entire line altogether. Um, so they, so Shay Moisture immediately, you know, responded and they apologized for how it came across and they let it be known that it wasn't their intentions. Now, what was even more interesting is that uh, one of the owners of Shea Moisture went on the Breakfast Club radio show earlier uh, today and basically discussed the the plan behind their 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 vision, essentially. And basically, just to sum up everything, the man basically said that he still wants to stick to their core audience, which is like uh, which is black women. But at the same time, while they're still engaged with their core audience, they also want to expand at the same time to a, to a larger reach to bring more people into their business, of course, to profit more off of it, which makes sense. Because at the end of the day, when you have a business, you want to see it grow. You want to see it thrive. You want to cater to your main core because that is like the, the pinnacle, the fabric of how you're going to earn your money. But at the same time, you want to see if you can expand as well. It's like a company that majors in, let's say, music, but then they want to open up a department in film and television and what have you. So, again, it's all about expanding of the reach, which I completely understood. Uh, but nonetheless, let's get into it right now. So, uh, Jolie, what yes. was your uh, opinion on the whole matter at hand? Okay, well, being that I'm into marketing, mm -hmm. I understand them wanting to expand mm -hmm. their market um, to a broader audience. You know, obviously that makes a profit for the company, more money. Uh, the outrage was a lot. I do think the outrage was a lot. Yeah. I find that people, they'll go on one day boycott. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to boycott this. They're mm -hmm. upset. And then they forget about it the next day. Right. So that's my issue with that. Right. In terms of the the company, they definitely could have done a different approach with that commercial. Right, right. Um, you know, a, a light-skinned girl with, you know, grade three hair. Yeah. Um, her struggle might not be as bad as some other women that, you know, the product caters to. Right. Especially, and, you know, for for white women, she's having trouble with dyeing <laughs> her hair if that's the worst. Right, right, right. If that's the worst struggle she has right, with her hair. Like, right. seriously, that's, there's just so much more, like, women like myself where we have um, a more kinkier texture. Yeah. We are, we get perms and we're almost afraid to cut off our perm just because of, like, how, we, how we're going to look, how's my hair going to be. Exactly. Like, you know, the shrinkage is very real when we put it in the, you know, wash our hair, just yeah. certain things like that. They could have at least tried to put somebody with my, you know, kinkier hair texture in the commercial, somebody right. that's not, you know, someone a bit darker, fair right. skin, just so that the whole commercial made sense. Right, I, right. I doubt there'd be as much outrage if that was the case. Right. I think, in, in going back to that point, I think, um, I think it's it's really important to to mention that. There were there are multiple commercials that that they have put out at the same yes, time. Yes, I did mention. Uh, I did see it. Yeah, yeah. So the commercials or ads or like mm -hmm. clips on Instagram or what have you. And I think it's just that one that they focused on. And I don't think it's because of the fact that it had a. Well, I think it's because it had a white woman in it. Yeah. But I think it's even more because of the fact that her story didn't really equal yeah. up to the other girl's story, <laughs> yeah. right? So I get it. Like, mm -hmm. inclusivity, I'm all for yeah. it, right? Each one, teach one. I'm all about yeah. that. But I think they should have done a better job of outlining the specific... specific Sorry, the specifics <laughs> of it. Sorry, I'm tongue-tied right now. Freudian slip. Uh, but yeah, the specifics of like their stories and what have you. So if you're going to have... You know, someone talk about how they didn't feel right in their natural hair color. Mm -hmm. Then align that with somebody else's story that is equal like, to that. Exactly. Because that's more of, and I don't want to downplay that person's dilemma and exactly. what have you. But when you're talking about someone who feels like they don't fit 
in society because of their hair texture, what have you, that's a bit more serious. Like it's almost like comparing a kid who can only eat one meal per day Mm -hmm. versus someone who was complaining because they had a burger instead of steak. You know what I mean? So you want to, you want to keep the equivalence at equal level basically. But as far as like these, the outrage, what have you, like I'm going to boycott. This is what happens (laughs) when, when black owned companies get a little bit of money, they move over to the white man, F the white man. It's just like, I I, like to me, exactly. It's just, it's a lot. Um, I did see someone mention that, you know, we black people buy a lot from say, white designers thank you and that's my thing right (laughs) and that's my thing right there if if you're gonna boycott this then go all in boycott h&m for that if that's the case Mm -hmm. boycott calvin klein tommy hilfiger all these white owners that you feel oppressed by boycott them all (laughs) don't just start with the black ones start with the white ones boycott bet boycott every nba franchise that's owned by a black guy (laughs) which means the toronto raptors etc etc you know what i mean so it's like don't be a hypocrite like like Go all Go in, all if, in that's if you're going to boycott. Right, but right. Yes, I do think Shea Moisture, they should have stuck. If they're going to add white women if yeah. or if they're going to target white women in that commercial, yeah. they should have just kept it all white women. You know, they threw on that light skin girl with the different problems. So sure, yeah. They should have just kept it to one just so people don't get, don't get a misconstrued. Exactly, yeah. misconstrued. And, I th- and that's the best part of like what the gentleman addressed when he was on his mm-hmm. radio interview. He basically addressed that that dilemma and how they kind of took a misstep when they did that. Yeah. And so that he said going forward we'll make sure that we kind of iron out those wrinkles and then kind of make it more uh, like make it more clear about what they're trying to promote uh, specifically exactly. rather than just being general. Otherwise, it gets lost in translation. So I'm so I'm I'm glad that he owned up to it and what have you. And Thankfully, like it took a lot yeah. of courage to mm-hmm. that. And like he wasn't being belligerent or defiant mm-hmm. about it either. Like he recognized he made a mistake. But then at the same time, he also called the task of some of the people. Hey, like don't don't sleep on us. Like we're still here for you, yeah, basically. Exactly. And like there's no need to call for a boycott or anything like that. So no, he kept it very civil. Is what I, what right, I appreciate right. about yeah, it. No. Yeah, no, I have to go listen to that. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's a good one. Like, I heard it earlier today, actually, nice. so I'm like, oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. He's coming with some sense. Exactly, that's yeah. great. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, listening at home or watching this on YouTube later on, what do you guys think? Hit me up on Twitter <laughs> at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio to share your thoughts. Now, next topic on the list. Ah, from the hometown hero known as Drizzy Drake. So he, it was announced that he will be the host of the first ever NBA award show, which is taking place June 26th on TNT live in New York City, basically. Yeah. So this is the first ever award show that the NBA is going to be mm-hmm. doing live on television. And it's, you know, long overdue because you have it other... Is. Other shows like you have the ESPYS, which celebrates all sports, yeah. but then you have the NHL awards show and NFL. NFL yeah. So I think it's only right that NBA now has this platform mm-hmm. in the mainstream, and who else better to do it than Drake, who is an NBA aficionado? Yep. I mean, he's a global ambassador for the Toronto Raptors. Hasn't been to a few games. Right. I'm just saying. Hasn't <laughs> <laughs> made it out in a while. Right, but. right. I know you're promoting more life and you know more true for your head top and everything, but nonetheless, uh, seasonally, what's your take on this? The awards or Drake hosting it? Um, oh, both actually. Both. Oh, okay. Well, I actually am glad that the NBA is doing an award show because um, right. I want to attend. Mm-hmm. So that's one reason. Mm-hmm. And Drake hosting it, I think it, it's perfect. He mm-hmm. did the SBs and that seemed to have gone well. So right. him hosting the NBA awards, which I think he's is probably the one sport that he's really, really like knowledgeable about yeah. and knows a lot about. Mm-hmm. I think it, it makes sense. Absolutely. And like he did a good job of kind of being like the patron host for the NBA All-Star Weekend last year right. in Toronto. Um, he had a lot of interaction with a lot of the uh, personalities of TNT. It's like mm-hmm. EJ, uh, Kenny, Charles, Shaq, and, and all those guys. Exactly. Uh, he had that epic ping pong battle with uh, Reggie Miller, which is pretty <laughs> funny. So, And that's the thing about Drake. Drake is very charismatic. You know, Say what you want about his music, but like mm-hmm. as like a personality, as an actor and what have you, like he shows a lot of charm, a lot of charisma and what have you. Sure and is. I think that's going to shine naturally when they do this award mm-hmm. show. And what I like about it the most is because they're doing an award show, I don't think any of like the main awards that they normally give out around this time are going to be announced until then. Until yeah, then. That's what you I've know, seen, right? yeah. Yeah, so we're not going to know who the sixth man was, who the coach of the year was, yeah. or who the MVP was. By the way, exactly. who's your MVP? I want to know. Oh, Russell. Russell? Russell Westbrook, Russell? easily. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> you know what? I'm torn between him and, him and James Harden, mainly just because of the fact that on one end, you got Russell who who made history, like mm-hmm. averaged a triple double throughout the year and yeah. got the most within the season, mm-hmm. and he broke a fifty year old record. Right, and it took someone of his caliber to do it. Right, it like if yeah. it was so easy, and someone else would have done it. Mm-hmm. Right, but then on the flip side, you had James Harden who 
we kind of we didn't write off, but like yeah. as far as the Houston Rockets as a yeah. team, we had them as a lower seed basically. Right. But he took he he basically humbled himself, played a different <laughs> role that he hasn't mm-hmm. really played since OKC days, yeah. and then he took that team to third seed in the East. Right. Mind you, he elevated because of the coaching system and what have you. But he could have said, "No, I want to do what I want to mm-hmm. what I want to do." But he basically took a team to newer heights, and now they're looked at as a contender right. for the NBA championship. Right. So that's why I'm so torn between the two. But <laughs> I was. I don't know, man. Earlier, I mean, I'm happy yeah. with either choice. But here's the thing. If Harden wins it, then it's almost like a snub on Russ because he did yeah. break a record and he did it the entire season. And if he hadn't done that, they would, they'd be a lottery team. Mm-hmm. But on the other end, this is the second time that James Harden will get snubbed for that award because uh, Steph Curry won it uh, from him right, back right. in 2015. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like, what does this guy have to do to win that award? Me, you know what I mean? Honestly, if James Harden can do what Russell did with the same teammates, yeah. then he can get MVP. Right, right. If Russell, I mean, good players, but not great players not players that without russell yeah they would not be in the playoffs right yeah now. they I would be a lottery the, team They'd i think be a that's like team. the really main differentiator during the um round one against houston yeah when russell was off the court mm-hmm. that lead yeah it evaporated. got shorter you know so he's such a value he's so valuable he to is. that he, team he's that, essential to that team you know aside from the numbers he's he's needed i feel like James Harden, you know, a few minutes on the bench, yeah. the team's all right. You know, there's guys on Houston that have been there before. Right, like Lou Williams, Lou Williams Eric Gordon. Nene has been, you know, there's so many, Trevor Visa. there's guys that's, that have been in the league, they're seasoned. Yeah. So he has a good he has a good squad around him. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it, it's going to be interesting to see, but uh, we'll, we'll find out we on will. June 26, you know. <laughs> we we got to wait that long for it, I but know. hey, we're all yeah. here for it, right? Yeah. But ladies and gentlemen listening at home, what do y'all think? Once again, hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio to share your thoughts and the final topic of trip talk this one i really want to get to actually this one uh comes by way of chicago native chance the rapper now chance uh was on stage actually and he was actually taking some shots at a few major labels during the performance basically and um he kind of took some fun shots, and I think he's just celebrating the fact that he was able to achieve his level of success with his independent platform or what have you. So nonetheless, he's kind of feeling himself a little bit right here. So basically, he went on stage, and he had a little bit of a slideshow a la Drake uh, at um, OVO Fest 2015 when he was just meek, basically. Right. And he said the following about certain labels. So he said, phony, sorry, sorry, he said, Sony turned into phony. Uh, Def Jam recordings to don't join recordings. <laughs> Aftermath Entertainment ca- to uh, can't do math entertainment. Warner Music Group to Wiener Music Group. <laughs> Virgin to villain. Motown to no crown. Oh, that's that's a little oh, harsh. <laughs> uh, Epic to edict, I, I guess, whatever. Oh, and then Universal to undiverse. Damn. So, yeah, so he's basically taking some shots. So, um, Jolie, what's your take on this? You know what? Salute to Chance right. for for that. Um, I feel like the labels now are really so disconnected mm-hmm. with what's going on. They're they're not keeping up with the times. I don't mm-hmm. really even think they care that much about their artists right. anymore. Um, they never really did to begin with, right? Unless but, they were making bank. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're at a we're at a time where the artist already has to be developed before they get signed. Exactly. You know, they already have to have this major buzz. You know, I feel like labels right now they're not developing the artists like they used to. Mm-hmm. A&Rs, I don't even know what the definition is anymore. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. It's exactly. just like, it's just a mess. Um, so I feel, I salute to Chance for that. And um, I mean, I don't think he's going to get boycotted. He's doing right. well. So Exactly. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned boycott and what have you, because there's been some criticism as to how he's been able to achieve his level of success mm-hmm. up until this point without a major label. And then there's even been some people who speculate that he's just like an industry plant and what have you. Right. And that even brought people to question as to how he got his deal with Apple Music and what have you. Mm-hmm. So he's had to address that in the past, <laughs> talking about how he has a good relationship with mm-hmm. Apple and how they offered him 500k to uh, release his uh, coloring book album, you know, exclusively with them for the first two weeks and what have you. Yep. So he's gone through that criticism already. Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, I think what Chance is doing is great. It's a, it's yeah, a great platform. I, um, I may not be the biggest fan of his music, but I do respect the hustle, though, right. nonetheless. I do. I respect it as well. Yeah. Gotta love somebody that just creates their own opportunity. It, there you go, right? <laughs> there you go. That's there what I always go. say at the end. Let me just get that little cool drop real quick. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you use it. Use it. Run with it. <laughs> 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, what do you think about that story? Once again, hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and share your thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Flashback Friday track of the day. We're going to play that drop, and it goes a little something like this. And you guys already know, hit me up on social media and let me know what you guys want to have played for the Flashback Friday track of the day. Now, as you guys already know, I was bumping that Kendrick album heavy all last week and the week before and what have you. And there was one sample that really kind of woke me up uh, uh, within that record. And basically, that sample was used for another record that was released way back in 2004. And I am talking about my man Ludacris. He used this sample. I can't remember the name of the sample, but he turned it into one of his hit records during that year. And this record is entitled Splash Waterfalls. So we're about to get into that. And, of course, we do have our Wankster of the Week segment, so keep it locked. <laughs> this is Cool Radio, and we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. I still have the lovely and talented C. Jolie in the building. Hey. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it is that moment that you've all been waiting for, so I will not keep you guys waiting any longer. <clears throat> <laughs> Who has been entered into the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery this week? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week goes to none other than Ratchet Trap Rapper known as Kodak Black. Mm. Now, Kodak Black is getting... Oh, look at that ugly mug. Um, Kodak Black... <laughs> She's laughing right now. <laughs> Not Koda. Not Koda. <laughs> Listen, that that little demon, he's just whatever. Anyways, oh. Kodak Black. I feel like you have a soft spot for him right now. Do you? I do. Oh, boy. I do. Well, then you might want to cover your earmuffs because um, this boy's about to get that W. I'm not talking about the win neither. Um, he's getting the wankster because of the fact that he violated his parole, which now means that he is facing up to eight years in prison. So... You're probably asking yourselves, how did he violate the terms of his parole? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you. So he basically did two things. So he basically took a road trip to Ohio to attend a boxing match. But then also he took the time to attend a strip club. Mm -hmm. So basically he risked it all just to get some titties in his face and to watch some dudes beat up each other. It's unfortunate. Unfortunate indeed, but nonetheless, it's his dumbass mistake. Now, he is facing up to eight years in prison because of violating the terms of, of his parole that go back to, I believe, it was a crime that he committed a couple of years ago. Or no, uh, actually, it was stemmed from his August 2016 trial where he was placed on one year's house arrest. He only had about, what, five more months to go after that house arrest was going to be lifted, but no. He had to do it for the gram. He had to do it for, for the dollar bills with the booty in his face and everything. I mean, my thing is this. You're an entertainer. You're a rapper. You're a celebrity. Not a high-profile celebrity, but nonetheless a celebrity in some regard. You should have handlers for that. I mean, have you ever watched the show Entourage where Vince had Turtle, who was his gopher, basically <laughs> the guy who you know carries his weed for him, gets women for him, all that good stuff? You need a turtle. Okay, and yes. I ain't talking about Leonardo. I ain't talking about Michelangelo, Donatello, Raphael. No, <laughs> you need a turtle, someone who's gonna get you what you need. I'm sure it wouldn't have been so hard for one of your assistants to, you know, rent, you know, the services of an escort who would, you know, shake it for the dollar bills, as they usually say today. <laughs> I'm sure it would have been too hard to catch that boxing fight on pay per view, or Apple TV, or Android. Sure. Or the old school little, you know, brown boxes that you got in the 90s that you went up to 75 and got the free pay-per-view. Not that I ever indulged in that. <laughs> but all I'm saying is this. Kodak Black, non-Kodak, Polaroid, whatever you're calling yourself. You're going to jail for eight years because you couldn't keep your Jimmy in your pants and you couldn't keep your excitement off of the TV screen. You could have been taking that time to create some more music in your home, if you have a studio in your home or, some, or something to that extent. Because if you're that serious about your craft, then you wouldn't think about, you know, the strippers and, and the boxing fights and whatever distractions that are out there in the real world. Because the more music they make, 
the more money you can make, and then you can use that money to throw out whatever glorified strippers out in today's market. But no, you risked it all just so you can get a little quickie on your hands. And now where is that going to lead you? It's going to lead you to eight years in the slammer. So on that note, Kodak Black, Grizzly Bear Black, whatever you want to call yourself these days, you are getting this wankster. Do you deserve this wankster? Even though Seizure Lee does not approve of it, of course you are getting this wankster. His his team deserves it as well. True, true. His team deserves about 25% of that wankster. How, I mean, he, <laughs> he's young but old enough, but I feel like these guys need better a better team around them. How do you know he's on parole and you still allow him to do that? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. It, exactly <laughs> my all. point. <laughs> so on that note, we're going to drop it on him just like this. But yes, please uh, expound upon your, upon that point. Just having a better team, um, I'm actually surprised his team knew that he was on parole and allowed him to travel to Ohio, mm-hmm. go to a boxing match, mm-hmm. and then go to a strip club. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, someone could have gotten him an escort mm-hmm. to come to wherever he is mm-hmm. and shake it for the dollar bills. Of course, of course, you know, <laughs> could have pay per view that that um Strip the, the clubs boxing and dollar bills. Work, work, work. Could have pay per view that that boxing match. I mean, mm-hmm. I just think his priorities for that one were messed up they, so it's, they it's, were it's, it's unfortunate that they, he put himself in that absolutely they were messed up they i think he had no priorities and i think his management team mismanaged the entire situation Terrible. and i think it's a bunch of like 18 or 19 year old ragamuffins who are probably doing his management for him this is why I that's say, the problem don't get your homeboy that Thank knows you. nothing about the business that does not have any <gasps> you know no business ethic just don't get them to be your manager. Don't At least make sure they have a GED. That's the first thing. <laughs> At the very least, some knowledge, something they don't they, like. Don't they don't have to go to you know Ivy get League a, school or Ivy anything League. Like they don't that. have to get an old degree, but just some knowledge on the ins and outs and what to do, what not to do. Because he would not be in this position. <laughs> exactly. I mean, at least LeBron James, he got his high school friends oh, to yeah. do it for him. Oh, yeah. But they were smart. They were educated. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were very business savvy and exactly. what have you. So Maverick Carter, Rich Paul, and all those guys, basically. Oh, but yeah, that's what that's what he needed. And essentially, this is why I always say to people all the time whenever I'm discussing this with them, whether it's on or off the air, basically. Yeah. When it comes to people like him or like Chris Brown or whatever, mm-hmm. I feel like these people are just yes men. They're telling, yeah, exactly. they're telling them things that they want to hear, not necessarily what they need, need to, to hear. hear. And yeah. because of that, they land themselves in this awkward predicament mm-hmm. where now their future is now at stake because exactly. their brand is going to take a hit for it. Exactly. And that business right there does not make no sense. I, know. I understand they're an entertainer. Sometimes they live in the moment. Mm-hmm. But when you are risking your freedom, yes, that is, you need better people around you. Like when you have an anklet around your foot yeah. that beeps on a regular basis, that should let you know that it is real. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But anyways... Let's move on to some more pleasantries, shall we? So before we end <laughs> off to tonight's broadcast, uh, what do you have come out in the future for your brand? For my brand, I'm still building Creative Engage. Right. Um, I do want to do an event next. Um, in, in terms of my blog, it's cjolie.com. Mm-hmm. It's definitely going to be more personal. Mm-hmm. So once I get all my equipment, whenever I go on trips, I'm going to you know vlog that, take pictures. Right. Um, anything that I know about the industry, I'm going right. to talk about that, any tips that I can give. So it's, it's definitely going to be more personal, something where people could see more of my personality. Right, right, of course. Mm-hmm. And then what's the name of the website once again? It's cjolie.com. There the you go. It's is in it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's cjolie.com. All right. There we go. Cjolie, thank you very much for coming through. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. You're more than welcome to come through anytime. Just Yay. hit me up and we'll make it happen, of course. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. And as for the rest of you guys, I want to thank you all for tuning in like you normally do on a weekly basis. It is much appreciated. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at DM underscore cool. If you want to hit up the show in particular, hit us up at cool underscore radio on Twitter. You can also hit us up on cool underscore radio on soundcloud to catch all the full podcasts if you missed it as well as youtube hit us up on youtube at youtube.com slash cool radio cc where you can uh, view all the clips and then of course like us on facebook at cool radio cc once again it is your man dj mante aka dm cool letting you know that cool click media and entertainment is a division of cool radio basically making sure that we are reminding you to create our own legacies yes sir absolutely (laughs) keep it gravy and wavy we are out of here peace cool